0: Welcome in to episode 65 of the No Huddle Show. I'm Matt Lombardo, along with Elliot Shore Parks. Joe Giglio not with us this week. We wish him congratulations and best of luck as he became a father for the second time just today. So congratulations to Joe Giglio and his wife. Once again, this is the No Huddle Show, episode 65. Be sure to check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the No Huddle Show. Elliot, big week. We We're now just nine days away from the NFL draft in Philadelphia, and if you check out the Ben Franklin Parkway and the steps of the Philadelphia Museum of Art, you're seeing the preparations well underway. Your thoughts as we look ahead and preview some of the defensive prospects in this draft? I know that you and I have gone back and forth on various platforms, whether it's the site, whether it's Twitter, whether it's the show, about what the Eagles should do at 14, but I think we're both in agreement that throughout this draft, at some point along the way, they need to. the defensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, and the question is, you know, when you get to fourteen, it really the way the Eagles needs and the way the roster set up is they're really going to have to make a decision, and it could work out, you know, to work in their favor. But between best player available and between need, because the needs on this roster are so glaring right now, they really need cornerback help. They probably need a defense and an additional defensive end. Then obviously on the offensive side of the ball, you're talking about a running back. And I still think they need another, another receiver. So at 14, you know, maybe they take best player available, but on the last week we talked about the offensive side of the ball where they have needs. I mean, this team has needs everywhere, as Jeffrey Laurie said. But now that we're talking about the defensive side of the ball, you're talking about, you know, maybe two cornerbacks with their first four picks. They have those two fourth round picks. You're gonna need to add a linebacker. You definitely need to add a defensive end. And one position that You know, it doesn't get talked about a lot, but is a safety. I mean, they were open to trading Malcolm Jenkins in that deal for Brandon Cooks. It wouldn't, I mean, they had Jamal Adams in the top safety in the draft. They used one of their 30 pre draft visits on him. So clearly there's some interest there. So I, you know, I wouldn't rule out them taking a safety at some point and maybe even, you know, before the fifth round. So clearly a lot, you know, there's going to be a lot. I would guess of their eight picks that they have, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if five of them are on the defensive side of the ball.
0: I absolutely agree. And I've kind of coveted this and tweeted about it and written about it on the show that I think that it's high time, given the state of the Eagles' cornerback position and just how valuable it is in Jim Schwartz's defense, that this is about the time you replicate the draft strategy of the year where you took Leto Shepard, Sheldon Brown, and Michael Lewis, three secondary players in your first four picks. And I tweeted about this this morning at Matt Lombardo PHL and, of course, Elliot Short Parks on Twitter at Elliot Short Parks. But, Elliot, this there are about six or seven players that I would take over a cornerback at 14. That's Alabama linebacker Reuben Foster, LSU running back Leonard Fournette, Stanford running back Christian McCaffrey, Western Michigan wide receiver Corey Davis, Jamal Adams, the safety out of LSU that you spoke about, who I think is very much on their radar, Solomon Thomas, the defensive end out of Stanford, and of course Mike Williams out of Clemson. But I think that when you look at the cornerbacks that are kind of graded out in round one, and you start to think about guys like Marshawn Lattimore out of Ohio State, Gary and Connolly, his Buckeye teammate out of Ohio State, who now some are saying, could go as high as the top 10. I also like Marlon Humphrey out of Alabama a lot, Trey Davies White out of LSU. They're going to have a handful of corners that are in that range at number 14, but I agree with you that when you build your board and when you go on the clock at number 14, the Eagles would be very wise to focus on taking the best player available based on talent, but I think they're fortunate enough this time around, and whether it's offense or defense, Elliot, I think that there is going to be an immediate impact player who fills at least one of their needs when they go on the clock
1: yeah and and the thing is I mean I think we both agree that if cornerback isn't the top need on the team it's probably top two whether you want you can debate running back or cornerback but yep. cornerback's definitely up there but the the thing is I mean if you want to strictly talk about their 2017 roster and what this team needs to compete in 2016 you can make the argument Nolan Carroll noticed McKelvin where if they weren't the worst start if they weren't the worst set of starting cornerbacks in the league they were probably up there. I mean, they they were both very bad. McKelvin throughout the year. Nolan Carroll started off okay, but really tailed off. So it's not like the Eagles won seven games last year behind a secondary that featured Richard Sherman and Patrick Peterson. I mean, they got really bad cornerback play last year. Still won seven games. And not only that, still had the 13th, uh, I think it was actually the 17th or uh, 13th best passing defense in the NFL. So their secondary, despite you know the really bad cornerback play, was one of the better uh, was one of the better pass defenses in the NFL. Maybe that has to do with the pass rush, but the pass rush in theory shouldn't be worse. It should be better than it was uh, last year because Timmy Jernigan's an upgrade, in my opinion, as a pass rusher over Benny Logan. I think Chris Long's an upgrade as a pass rusher over Connor Barwin. So the pass rush is going to be better. The safeties are going to be the same. So if you just look strictly at the cornerback position, they need to add one for the future. And I agree. You know, obviously, you would love a Sheldon Brown. Lee, uh, a, Sheldon Brown, Lito Shepard draft. That's a lot easier said than done, though. It's going to be hard to find those players of that caliber early on. But I mean, if you look at their their cornerbacks for next year, they're going to have Jalen Mills, who I think could probably give you what Nolan Carroll did. I would say based off what you got off Nolan Carroll last year, I think he's gonna be better than Nolan Carroll. Carroll was last year, but let's say Nolan Carroll and Jalen Mills is a wash. At this point, you're really looking only for a cornerback that can be an upgrade over Leotus McKelvin. And I mean, honestly, me or you could probably do that. Or Joe's <laughs> new baby, I mean, like we, you know, he was that bad. So if you strictly talk about, yes, they need better cornerbacks. I agree that the cupboard is pretty bare there in terms of prospects for the future. But I do think it's not. I don't think they absolutely have to come out of the first two rounds with an impact corner because they got really bad cornerback play last year. And I think that's why there's an argument to be made for if you sit there at 14, you don't like some of the quarterbacks. Let's say Lattimore, Humphrey, or Lattimore and Humphrey are off the board. Conley at this point looks like he could be. I think that's a reach to have him, but I, I agree with you that I think he could be off the board. You're sitting there. I mean, if those three, if those three players are gone, you're looking at Tredavious White, who I like, but – I'm I'm not super huge on. I mean, I think there's, if you, I think there's a situation where you could be at 14, and the best player is not going to be a cornerback. And you could ask yourself, do you trade back at that point, or do you just address, you know, maybe the running back position? Reuben Foster, to me, I like him, but that shoulder injury to me is concerning i mean as a linebacker obviously shoulders important in all aspects of football but especially as a linebacker when you're a physical player that's going to be going between those gaps to meet running backs you need to have a strong shoulder and the fact that he's going to need he might need rotator cuff surgery to me is a little bit concerning so i don't even know if i would take reuben foster over you know a, a receiver if john ross is there mike williams dalvin cook um, we, you know, we had our debate last week about Christian McCaffrey yep. and whether he's worth the 14th overall pick. But you know, I, I just think, yes, they need a cornerback. I, I agree with that. And They probably need two. But, if you, but I don't think it's to the point where fans make it out where they're not even going to be a competing team next year if they don't add a cornerback early on.
0: I think that there's an argument to be made that there could be a scenario playing out on Thursday night where you see these quarterbacks, and we see it every year, whether it's last year with Jared Goff and Wentz and Prescott going later, that's just another element to teams getting desperate for quarterback help. You look at teams at the top of the board, like the Jets and the Browns, and a team like the Texans further back, there's a chance that these quarterbacks could go higher than a lot of us anticipated a month ago, right? which would be Mm -hmm. an ideal scenario for the Eagles, and and let me ask you this, Elliot, because in my opinion, that if, let's say, the Jets wind up taking a quarterback at number six, and let's say that whether it's Trubisky, whether it's Kaiser, whether it's Watson, the Browns wind up taking quarterback at number 12. If the Eagles get a phone call from the Houston Texans at 25, which I think is entirely realistic if the top two or three quarterbacks are gone, given how much Bill O'Brien seems to really be falling in love with Pat Mahomes, if the Eagles get the phone call, when you're sitting there at 14, and McCaffrey's gone, and Fournette is gone, and let's just say for the sake of argument, John Ross is gone, and Conley is gone, and the best players available are Lattimore, the best player at well, linebacker, and linebacker is Foster. Well, if Conley goes first, let's say that these quarterbacks push these guys down the board. Is you're what saying I'm if saying. Marshawn
1: Lattimore is available to me at 14. Correct. And you get a phone call, whether
0: it's Derek Barnett, whether it's Lattimore, whether it's Foster. One of those three is there. Do you take the deal or do you take the player? In my opinion, I take Lattimore because he's the number one or number two cornerback. I I don't think it's realistic that he's there. But my point is that if these quarterbacks go off the board, if these running backs go off the board, that's going to push some impact players, especially on defense, further down closer to the Eagles. And I think they'd have a difficult decision to make if that offer includes a second round pick.
1: Yeah, I mean ESPN yesterday – and we're recording this on a Tuesday, so it was a Monday where they wrote the article um, – just kind of did not trades that are based in any reporting, just kind of rough trades and what, would, what, what may – what might make sense for different teams and they had the Houston Texans trading up with the Eagles at number 14 Eagles going back to number 25 and then adding, I think it was the 53rd overall pick in the draft. So, um, you know, at this point of the Eagles and you're drafting 25, 43 and 53, I would definitely do that because, you know, obviously if Marshawn Lattimore is on the board, which I think we both agree is probably not going to happen, then yes, I would take Marshawn Lattimore because he's viewed as the top cornerback in the draft at, at, your biggest position. But if Reuben Foster is there, I mean, like I, I just, you know, explained why I have some sure. concerns about him. Um, you know, I know that the Eagles like Kevin King. So, you know, I've given them Kevin King of 14 in a lot of mock drafts. I wouldn't take Kevin King of 14. I mean, I can see the reason why they like him, uh, you know, played all five secondary spots, 6'3", long arms, great athlete, um, you know, was productive as a, as a college player. So I think, you know, look, Kevin King got invited to the first round of the draft and You know, nine out of ten times, if you get invited to the first round of the draft, you're going in the first round. Very few players, or at least maybe one player a year, you know, end up sitting in that green room for round two. So clearly the rest of the NFL also views Kevin King as a potential first-round pick. So if I'm the Eagles, I'm sitting there at 14, and I can fall back to 25, I absolutely do it. Because in the second round, and the result of the quarterbacks going early and the result of the cornerback class being so deep – I think you can get a lot of impact players in the second round. I know everyone soured on Tease Tabor out of Florida because it was 40 time, but I would definitely take him with the 53rd overall pick if he was there. You know, Sidney Jones out of Washington, you can debate if that's too early. Obviously, the Achilles injury is maybe the most devastating injury he could have suffered. um, And that's
0: where if you make that deal to get the second round pick, you could potentially draft a player who could start, and then you take him and you hope that he's healthy by October, November, or worst case scenario, you stash him for next year.
1: Right, and also, I mean – obviously you want to be picking higher in the draft because you have a better chance at the better prospects. But, you know, I don't think the player, if we, if it plays out the way we kind of think it will, I don't think the player they're going to get at 14 is going to be a considerably better prospect than the one at 15. I mean, if you even look at the board in general, you know, Miles Garrett obviously is viewed as the top prospect pretty, pretty unanimously. Leonard Fournette's viewed basically as the best running back by, by a lot of people. But after that, I mean, you know, and then Lattimore, I guess. But there's really only three prospects that I would say are viewed head and shoulders with everybody else. After that, even from picks number four to 15, I, mean, I think you could really interchange those guys pretty easily. So, yeah, I, I would like to pick at 14, but if I, you know, if I think I can get Kevin King at 25 or, you know, Dalvin Cook or something like that, I would absolutely drop back and add that second round pick
0: let me ask you this. If you're looking at the Eagles' defense and we're looking at cornerback, we're looking at linebacker, are looking at defensive lineman, how would you rank those positions in terms of the Eagles' need and who's your favorite prospect at those
1: three spots? I'll ask you yours and then I'll give you mine. All right, so I was going to say you said cornerback, defensive line, and what was the third one? Linebacker. Linebacker, okay. Well, cornerback, I mean, if we're, if we're just talking all the players in the draft, I guess we would have to say Marshawn Lattimore. Um, you know, our colleague, Mark Eckel talked talked to scouts and you can read it on nj.com and it's pretty clear. He's viewed as the best cornerback in this draft. Now I would say personally, if we're just talking my opinion, I'm not very big on Gary on Conley. Um, you know, Tredavious white, a lot of things I hear about him is, well, he can help you on special teams too, but I don't want my number one cornerback playing special teams for me. Sure. You know, I, I ideally, you know, yeah, If I, worst case scenario, I need to put him back there. That'd be great. But if he's going to be my number one quarterback, I'm not putting him out there for punt return. I like T's Tabor. I know it's not an option at 14. But, yeah, I know he ran a 4-7. But he was arguably, you know, top two cover corner in college football last year. Um, I, I, don't, I forget the exact numbers. But he, he basically last year when he was targeted, he gave up um, a passer rating of – I actually have it right here. He he gave up a pass rating of 41.2 over the past three years on on uh, throws in his direction. If the quarterback would have just thrown the ball in the dirt every play, that's a quarterback rating of 39.6. So you know you had a, basically as good of a chance of completing a pass at Tisheber as you did of just as you did if you threw the ball on the ground directly. So he can cover, and I understand that he had a slow a slow 40 time, but he can cover, and so I I would absolutely take him. At number 43 overall, if he's still on the board, if I were the Eagles. I know he's not option at 14. I'm not saying he's the best cornerback in the draft, but he is a guy I really like at that position.
0: At cornerback, I disagree with you a little bit about Gary and Conley. And as somebody who watches a lot of Big Ten football, Penn State season ticket holder, all that, I've watched a lot of him over the last couple of years. And what I really like about Conley is he's really good in press coverage at the line of scrimmage. He's also really good at playing zone coverage. And we like to know we know the Eagles like to play a lot of two deep zone under Jim Schwartz. So I think he's versatile enough in both of those areas. He can step in and start right away. But as is the case every year around this time. As we get closer and closer to the draft, you start to hear one or two names that are climbing up draft boards, and Conley is the guy that seems to be on the receiving end of that hype this week. And now people are saying that he could go as high as the top ten. So if they want Conley, they better go up and get him. Another guy that I also like, maybe as a round two prospect, is Chidobi Awuzie out of uh, I believe he went to Colorado. Six foot one, two hundred twenty pounds, long arms, about thirty one inch, you know, wingspan guy who's aggressive, he's a ball hawk, good ball skills. If the Eagles are going shopping for a corner at number 43, or if they trade back with the Texans, you're picking at 55 and a woozy is on the board. I think he'd be a really nice fit in this game.
1: My only issue with Conley is, and he was phenomenal last year. I agree with you on that. Um you know the two seasons prior to that Passer rating, 71.6 in 2015, 129.2 in 2014. And obviously, these are kids. They're improving. So yep. you're not going to hold that against him too much. But he's not a great tackler. So I would just be a little concerned about the fact he's a, a one-year wonder. I mean, I'm not saying I think he should fall out of the first round. I would just be a little concerned. And this kind of goes – well, let, let's go position by position actually before we uh, sure. get lost into that. What was – um you wanted to do uh, defensive line? Defensive line and linebacker. Defensive line. All right. Well, if we're talking strictly edge rushers and not so much defensive tackles, um, when we're talk realistic pick for the Eagles, Derek Barnett at 14, a guy that they seem like they like, they've brought him in for a visit, makes sense there. I think he's kind of viewed in the 12 to 17 range. Um, productive player in college. I mean, he was probably one of the best pass rushers there. Uh, pro football focus had him as the second overall edge rushers among all, uh, you know, edge rushers in college football so he he obviously was very good a guy i like uh is jordan willis out of uh, that's my guy yep out of kansas state yeah um i think he's looked at it you know i don't know if he'll be there at 43 when the eagles go but to me if you're gonna take a defensive end in the first round and i'm against i wouldn't i shouldn't say i'm against it but i wouldn't take a defensive end in the first round if i was the eagles because i think you can get a guy like jordan willis probably at 43 um you know he was I think he he was a better pass rusher than Derek Barnett in college. And last year, what he did, what Jordan Willis did a great job of last year, is finishing plays. You know, you'll get the Eagles' pass rushers. We'll probably we would probably both agree Brandon Graham is their best pass rusher. Yep. Only had five and a half sacks last year. Got a lot of pressures. Pressures are important. And I agree with you on that. But the Eagles, as a whole, it feels like over the past few years have had trouble just finishing the play when they get to the quarterback. And Jordan Willis last year. I think he completed, he, he stacked a quarterback at a larger percentage of pressure plays than Miles Garrett and Derek Barnett. So Jordan Willis, when he gets there, finishes the play. And that's something I want out of my defensive end. Um, there's a lot of talk about Charles Harris kind of going up the board from Missouri. I wouldn't take him at 14. Um, I would take, you know, the best available running back or, or receiver probably at that point over Harris. But. Um, What do you think about their need for a defensive end? I mean, you think it's something they have to address in the first round or first two picks? Yeah, I think, Elliot, that
0: it's one of their biggest needs along with corner on defense. And and I go back to the same philosophy of – If if you're going to focus on defense, you need to come away with a defensive end sometime in the first two days or so. I I don't think you need to worry about storming the gates to go and get a defensive end like you did when you traded up to get Fletcher Cox back in the day because you needed that run stuffing, you know, get after the passer defensive tackle in a a 4-3. But with Willis... I think the Eagles like him. I know that they sent their defensive uh, defensive line coach to go down and work him out at the pro day. They spent time with him during the combine, and you look at his numbers a year ago: seventeen and a half tackles for loss, eleven and a half sacks, twenty-five and a half sacks in his four-year career, three of those years as a starter. I think that the fact that the Eagles have shown this much interest, and the fact that you look at some of the other names that we've talked about on both sides of the ball, if those got those guys are gone by the time they go on the clock. I think that if they're trading back, they're trading back to target Jordan Willis because I don't know that I'm as confident as you are that he's going to be there at 43. Mm -hmm. If you want him, I think you're going to need to get him in that mid to late first round range. So maybe it's one of those cases where you take a player at 14 and you trade back into the first round to get Jordan Willis or you trade back from 14 and take him at 25, at 22, wherever you move back to. But I think that if we're ranking the hierarchy of need on defense it goes cornerback one edge rusher two cornerback three linebacker four
1: yeah i don't disagree with that and i mean one of the reasons is all the eagles pass rushers are over 28 years old if you just look at uh Graham, Curry, and uh, Chris Long. And Curry, you know, it feels like he's still a rookie, but he'll be 29 on June 30th. So he's definitely, I mean, this is going to be, what, his fourth fourth or fifth season? Um, He doesn't play a ton. So, you know, it's like he has a ton of wear and tear on his body. But, yeah, I mean, Chris Long is 32 or at least over over 30. Um, I think he's going to be a better pass rusher than Connor Barwin. But the issue to me isn't so much, yeah, obviously you always want to add defensive you know, pass rushers to the team. If you look at the way Howie Roseman spends the money on this roster, defensive line and offensive line are one and two in terms of where they have the most money committed. So it's clear they want to build from the inside out. And if you're doing that, you're going to need youth. I just don't think at 14, the best player is going to be a defensive end. And I think it would be a reach there to take a Charles Harris. or I mean, Barnett's not really a reach, but I just – I would rather I think the Eagles need to with that fourteenth overall pick, if you want to go to the second round, third round, both their force, I agree there, you know, you look more down the road. But at fourteen, the Eagles need to add an impact player that's gonna make a difference for them next year obviously last year Carson Wentz clearly had a big impact he played you know a a ton obviously Uh, but the year before that Nelson Aguilar didn't have a a big impact right away Marcus Smith I mean well Marcus Smith and Nelson Aguilar have never had any type of impact but you know Lane Johnson year before that yes he did play well but if you just look at the history of the Eagles first round picks they very rarely have had a player come in and right away make an instant impact and I don't think this team is as far away from being a playoff team as other people think so if at 14 you know For as much as we've debated back and forth Christian McCaffrey, you at least know he'll come in here next year and play a lot. You know, he'll be involved in the offense. That's one of the reasons I like Dalvin Cook a lot. I think he'll come in and completely change offense in a lot of ways. They need a player that's going to come in and change things for this team. And I'm just not sure that a defensive end, whether it's Barnett, um, Jordan Willis at 25, you know – I'm just not sure they're going to give you the type of impact you need out of your first-round pick right out the gate.
0: See, I look at this. It's it's not just short-term need. It's also long-term need. And I think mm-hmm. what the Eagles did this offseason was – We can both agree. The priority number one was bolster the talent around Carson Wentz. Mission accomplished, at least in the short term. Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, Chance warmack You've added to the talent and with Warmack, the depth on offense at some key positions. Defensively, I think they went the Band-Aid route. Timmy Jernigan, while he might be here in the long run, it's going to be expensive. But in the short term, he's a guy that I agree with you, is at least in terms of rushing the passer, an upgrade over Benny Logan. You look at Chris Long, a better skill. Fit than someone like Connor Barwin, but again, just a defensive and rotational player, not a starter, not a long-term solution. And I think that when we look at Schwartz's defense, it's predicated on two things: strong cornerback play, but maybe even more importantly, getting to the quarterback with your front four. And whether that's Barnett, whether that's Willis, whether that's somebody like Taco Charlton in round two, whether it's another defensive end in round three, I think they need to come away with an impact player, as you said. But I think that they would prefer to have that impact player be a corner or be a defensive end because those are the two phases of the defense that have the biggest impact, at least in this scheme.
1: Yeah, I think those are definitely fair points to make. Um, what was it? What was the uh, position you want to do next? So we can make linebacker. sure we get to it. Linebacker. Okay. Well, who, why don't you start first? Who do you like the best at linebacker for this team? And do you, I mean, where, how early would you address this need?
0: Well, I think that Reuben Foster, I have the same concerns you do about the shoulder injury, but part of me is believing that maybe this is just one of those medical ruses that pop up every year and teams start to spread rumors about certain players because they hope that they'll fall down the board. And who knows if this isn't the Eagles putting that out there to try and get Foster's draft draft stock to tumble just a bit. So if Foster's sitting there at 14, he's one of my seven players that I would take above a cornerback. Outside of Foster, I don't know that this is necessarily the deepest linebacker class in the history of the world. I know they like um, his teammate uh, uh, Adams, I believe his name is out of Alabama, who came in for a visit.
1: Ryan Anderson.
0: Anderson. I I know that he came in for a visit. I I would like him in round two or round three. But outside of that, I don't know how many outside of maybe a diamond in the rough that a Jordan Hicks type player who they select, you know, conceivably out of nowhere in the opinions of a lot of reporters and fans. I don't know that linebacker is necessarily all that deep in this class. So if you can come away with one of the two Alabama linebackers in the first three rounds, I think that's a success.
1: Yeah. And then the question, too, is, I mean, the Eagles are have now begun their, uh, you know, off season training program. Michael Kendricks was is is reportedly, um, according to Jeff McLean at the Inquirer, he's there. So, you know, I think when we talk about needs on this team, we talk about the roster in general. It's always assumed Michael Kendricks isn't a part of that roster; that he's not going to be on the team. And I think that's, you know, uh, probably probably still a fair assumption. But he is in the building. I mean, these are voluntary; he doesn't have to be here. um, Considering that they've been trying to trade him for the past, you know, year and a half at this point. I think it would be fair for him to not be too happy with the team. I mean, they made him inactive the last week, even though he was, you know, pretty healthy. Um, so the fact he's there, to me, I don't know, maybe he is on this roster. And if Michael Kendricks is on the roster, then your need at linebacker is really not that great because you have Nigel Bradham, you have Jordan Hicks, you have Kendricks, the third linebacker doesn't play that much anyway. Um, And then you have Joe Walker, um, who, you know, out of Oregon, late-round pick last year, but a guy they like. Um, He's a middle linebacker, but... They have really high hopes for him. Yeah, maybe you can slide Hicks over to the outside on on some plays and play Joe Walker. So, if Kendricks is on the roster, their need at linebacker isn't as big as it is if he's not. And even if he's not on the roster, the third linebacker last year played about a third of the defensive snaps. or I think a little little less than that, and and definitely less as the season went on. Um, So... I agree with you. I mean, I wouldn't take Reuben Foster at 14 for the reasons I already said, but um, I think if you're adding a linebacker, you're looking at the third round, uh, you know, one of their two fourth round picks. I don't think it's going to be a big name guy people recognize.
0: I agree. Or you wait until six or seven, you take a kid like Brandon Bell out of Penn State or you bring him in as an undrafted free agent. Love but those
1: Penn State guys. Love them. The leadership guy,
0: special exactly, teamer. Yep. <laughs> but but it's not going but, but it's not going to be if it's not Foster or Anderson I think we're in agreement it's not going to be one of those quote unquote high impact players right away
1: at that right. position. Yeah not yeah not a linebacker now so so when we look at this Elliot
0: you know we we've, we've spent a lot of time not only today but in the last couple of weeks talking about the those top of the board type of players or those one or round two prospects but but who are some of your favorite mid to late round let's say cornerbacks that if the eagles do go offense on round one and potentially even in round two before they get to a cornerback mm-hmm. who are some of your favorite round three to round six type of prospects that might not have the name value of being at the top of the board, but could come in and be maybe not immediate impact players, but starting caliber players for this team.
1: Yeah, well, I already talked about Tabor, who at this point could potentially be a third round pick. But, you know, I think he's a guy you get out the first round that I really like. Uh, Akello Witherspoon out of Colorado, probably also, I don't know. I mean, he's going upwards, boards maybe mid-second. Definitely early third at the worst. He's a guy, you know, good size again. I think he's six foot three. The Eagles had him in for a visit. So they they obviously like him. I um, mean, if you just look at some of the cornerbacks Eagles have brought in, DeMonte, uh, I'm going to mispronounce Kazi. his name. Kazi out of uh, San Diego State. They brought yep. him in. He's definitely a late round guy or at least uh, – what do you think? I mean, probably second or probably third right around, round.
0: Probably around three or four, somewhere in there. He's a guy yeah. I really like, but the issue with him, along with Jordan Lewis out of Michigan, who's another guy that, in the right scheme, could have a nice, long field NFL field issues career. Too,
1: though, I'm not right.
0: Off-the-field right. issues with Lewis, but also the fact they're both under six feet. And I right. like Kazi. I like Lewis a little bit. Kazi, what I like about him is plays bigger than his size. He's a tackles for a loss monster. You can put him up near the line of scrimmage in run support, which the Eagles like to do because they put that third linebacker on the bench in such a high percentage of plays, but he's under six foot. And if you and I know anything about the cornerback position with the Eagles, they they like tall guys, they like long guys, they like guys with size, but they did invest a visit in Kazi, which I think is interesting given that he doesn't necessarily fit mm-hmm. their profile. But another player I think that we need to keep an eye on is Quincy Wilson out of Florida yep. as much attention as Jalen Tabor gets Wilson was a little bit more physical and he's kind of in that Sheldon Brown type of a mold and he also returned an interception or two for a touchdown last year so he you can see that he has the requisite ball skills to come in and have an impact
1: and he's a guy I mean he also came to Philadelphia I think he was in yesterday on Monday so he you know the Eagles have have shown interest on him one more guy before we move on I'll say is again not tall but Cornell they out of my Corn Elder out of Miami, great tackler. He's maybe one of the best tacklers in the draft. Um, So that's something the Eagles cornerback struggled with a ton last year, Leotis McKelvin and and Nolan Carroll. So the Eagles are looking at a guy in maybe one of their their two fourth round picks. Corn Elder is a guy that they could look at for sure out of Miami.
0: Now, Elliot, I would be remiss if we didn't get through this podcast talking about the defensive prospects in this draft and the cornerback prospects in this draft if we didn't have a healthy conversation about Sidney Jones because you and I have talked about this before both you know on the podcast off the podcast I have written about him you've written about him for for a stretch there coming out of the combine and approaching his pro day it seemed like Sidney Jones at six foot 181 really good ball skills really fluid hips good footwork it seemed like he had all of the trappings of being being the prototypical cornerback in Jim Schwartz's scheme. Had good numbers in his career, 145 tackles, eight and a half for a loss, eight picks, returned one of them for a touchdown, 21 pass breakups, 10 pass breakups a year ago, four interceptions with one taken to the house last season alone, seemed like he was a guy that would be high on the Eagles board, maybe even the best player available for them at 14. But then he goes out, tears his Achilles at the pro day, and now he's tumbling down boards. I think that he's somebody that could still go in round two. And I think that the Eagles would be wise to somehow find a way to pick up that extra second round pick to get him because even if he's not ready in until next year, that's like getting another second-round pick next season. If he's ready this year, it's a bonus. Mm -hmm. How far do you think that he falls, and how aggressive, if at all, do you think the Eagles should be about trying to get him? I
1: mean, so obviously I'm not a doctor. So clearly, you know, I can't speak to his chances of being 100% again. But I will say the Achilles injury, I mean, if it was an ACL, I would be on board with you in terms of maybe taking him with another second-round pick. The Achilles injury is something where I think there's reason to be, if not legitimately concerned, have a, a healthy amount of concern about him not being the same player when he comes back. So if he, you know, it's going to impact potentially his speed. I mean, it's going to. I mean, the Achilles injury is is really tough to come back from. So, sure. you know, if you're, yeah, he before the injury he was viewed as a top of the first round pick, but we haven't seen what he looks like after this Achilles injury. I know, you know, when he talks and clearly you know, he's optimistic as he should be. That, that should be how he should attack this rehab. But, you know, he's saying... And he, he has plenty
0: be- of reason this time of year to talk the way he's been talking yeah, exactly. with all that optimism.
1: Right, exactly. So, so, you know, is he actually going to be ready to play? I, to, I don't care if he plays next year. That's not my thing. My thing is, is he going to be the same player when he's healthy again? And I think there's fair reason to be concerned he might not be. So I don't know if I want to take a risk on a guy with a second round pick. And yeah, I mean, even if you have a second, you know, another second round pick, I just, I'd rather take a guy that I know is healthy and have to worry about the medical concern there. Look, if he's on the board in the third round, maybe I would definitely take him with one of the two fourths. I don't think he's going to be there, but I'm not completely against taking them. I just think that this team has enough holes that to take a prospect where I mean, this isn't a team like the you know the Patriots are an extreme example, but the Patriots or the Seahawks or something like that where you know you can take a chance on a guy late and and, and hope it works out. I think the Eagles need to add guys where there's the least amount of factors that might you know impact their uh, ability to be successful. And so I would take Jones in the fourth round, but I definitely wouldn't take him with my with my. Uh, other second round pick.
0: Do you think he lasts that long? Because I think that that we've seen in the past where first round picks wind up being second or third round picks due to an injury. The Achilles one is definitely a tough pill to swallow for the cornerback position, but do you think that he will slide all the way to round four? I think he goes before the fourth, but I, I can see why he might fall that far.
1: Yeah, I mean the problem is the cornerback class. The cornerback class is so deep this year. So you, if you you know in other years if you're a team that needed a cornerback, you know Sidney Jones is more appealing even though he's injured because the fall off you know from the top whatever guys to the second tier is a lot deeper. But this year, I mean you're looking like you know we talked about him. Quincy Wilson could be available you know in the second round. Uh, Cordrea, Cordrea Tankersley out of Clemson I like a lot of Dory Jackson. I mean there's a lot of guys where. You know, you're looking at seven, eight, nine cornerbacks that are going to go before Sidney Jones. So, you know, I think he'll be available late second, probably definitely, I would say very good chance in the third. Um, I don't think he makes it to the fourth, but I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't think the Eagles would be, in my opinion, foolish to consider him at 43.
0: Elliot, it's about that time when the Eagles go on the clock next Thursday night, pick number 14. Roger Goodell steps to the podium. He gets booed because this is Philadelphia after all. But finish this sentence with the 14th overall pick in the NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select.
1: I've been giving him Kevin King for my past few mock drafts. I still think he's their guy. Again, is he a reach? Maybe. But he's been invited to the first round. He's viewed as a first round prospect by the NFL. I know he's not a name people knew a lot, but again, I, I've you know talked about his resume on here, and I'm not saying I would take him at 14. I'm saying this is what I think the Eagles are gonna do. He checks off a lot of their boxes. I'll do it again. Six foot three. They like their corners tall, long arms. He, you know, he has a t- if you throw it his direction, he really got it. You know, his long arms allow him to make up for uh, for poor coverage at the beginning of the uh, route. Fast. He won four out of the six I think drills at the combine among the cornerbacks. Versatile, he played safety for two years at Washington. Has played in the slot. He can play all five uh, secondary spots. Good in man coverage, something we know they like out of the, out of their guys. So, you know, I think you could, you yeah, you could probably get Kevin King at like twenty three, twenty four. But if you're the Eagles and you don't have a good offer to trade back, I think you just take your guy there. The, the need is that cornerback, even though you know they could go other ways. But I think, I think even though Kevin King isn't very high. On maybe it's like our boards or other scouts or, you know, big boards you read online. I think he's higher on their board than we think. Um, so to me right now, I, I think that that'll be the pick.
0: I'll go same position, different player. I'll go Gary and Connolly. I think that th- this might be a little bit of a smokescreen that he's rising up these boards as quick as he is. I think that the thirst for quarterbacks in the NFL was real, which is why Mitch Trubisky and Deshaun, Kai- or Deshaun Watson rather and Kaiser, that these guys are going to go much higher than we might have thought a couple of weeks ago. And that's going to cause some players to slide. And I think that some team is going to take the risk on the Reuben Foster shoulder injury, and that's going to going to push an impact player like Connolly down to the Eagles range. Perfect fit, six foot, 195, long arms, good in press coverage, good in zone coverage, great numbers, 49 tackles, one tackle for loss last year, two picks, five pass breakups, can step in, start right away, opposite of Jalen Mills. I agree with you, it's corner. I think it's a different player. I think it's Connolly, but regardless, I think that next Thursday is going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yep, I agree. And, you know, only nine days, like you said. So, you know, it's not just a first round with this team. Obviously, Thursday will be fun, but they really need to. uh, This is a big draft for Howie. So uh, all the rounds are going to be interesting. But yeah, absolutely. First round, nine days away. It's crazy. It's almost here.
0: Should be a lot of fun. He's Elliot Shore Parks. Read him every day at nj.com slash eagles. Follow him on Twitter at Elliot Shore Parks. Once again, this is episode 65 of the No Huddle Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play. I'm Matt Lombardo. This was a lot of fun, Elliot. You can follow me on Twitter at MattLombardoPHL. And be sure to follow the No Huddle Show at the No Huddle Show. For Elliot Shore Parks, for the, once again, new father, Joe Giglio. I'm Matt Lombardo. We'll talk to you next week, getting you ready with a comprehensive NFL draft preview show. Thanks for listening to the No Huddle Show.